May 16, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
show happy saturday in the middle of the month uh still quitting quarantine mode. so brother matt at love grotto on the pleasure point about three miles south of me uh we started with nature boy some live john coltrane and uh and then yeah because i'm uh not all the way man alone uh through the wonders of those estonian skype software engineers i got uh john Cogleton here uh, welcome aboard. And we heard your tune, uh, Your Temporary Custodian. Right. Where, where are you talking to us from, John? I'm in Echo Park, man, just down just down the road from you. About 30 miles north, 28 miles north. Yeah. That's right. And uh, yeah, what was the club that used to be there? Echo Park? In Echo Park? It was called the ON Club. Uh-huh. It was a long time. It was like a ska club. <laughs> but of course everybody knows about the echo and the echo plex and i think the echo used to be the nyard or something like a uh a latin america club i played a benefit uh, for doctors without borders uh-huh and uh but before that there was this uh yeah the owen sunset boulevard comes curving around there mm-hmm. john what, what's your earliest musical 
recollection? Oh wow, man! Probably uh, my dad. My dad was a big, you know, was really into music. Uh, probably just being like uh, before I could talk, I, I remember him listening to ZZ Top all the time. <laughs> so was your pop a player or just a listener? Yeah, no, he was a player. He was in. Uh, he was pretty involved in the Texas '60s psychedelic scene. He was uh, like bros of the Thirteenth Floor Elevators, and he was in a oh, pretty great band. Yeah, he's in a pretty great band called the Torsions himself, and he also played with the Mystics. He was into pretty pretty righteous stuff. Guitar man. I uh, know he's a drummer. Okay, well, until I get this mind reading thing going, I gotta still <laughs> use words, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, so, so let went, me ask you, John. In, in the pad you grew up, did you grow up in Houston? No, I grew up in uh, Dallas, actually. Okay, okay. I think the rhythm section, uh, Dusty and Frank came from Dallas. Yeah, that's right. But Billy's <clears throat> Houston cat, yeah. So That's uh, right. And I think he's got a pad here in SoCal. I hear he sp spends a lot of time here. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know he likes the desert. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, was there a drum set in the pad you grew up in Dallas? Not until my parents got divorced. My dad, uh, my dad gave up music, kind of went into the straight world without a whimper. Whenever he got his first wife pregnant with my sister, and uh, then um, then he got divorced, got married to my mom. They had me, and they split when I was eight. And uh, he kind of had like a little bit of a midlife crisis, and then got back into music. And that sort of then so instruments started being all around the house. So that's whenever I kind of. Music became more of a tactile thing because yeah, like did you jump on the kit and shit like that? Not well. I wanted to play drums, but uh, it was discouraged for some reason. I think that he, there was maybe some rivalry there. I don't know, father son rivalry. But I started messing around with the guitar and bass, and the keyboards were around. It just everything just started kind of playing around. Progenitor issues. What about at school? <laughs> what about at school? Were you in the in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? I was in I was in band. I played trumpet in band, but I was a theater kid, man. I I, I was uh, I, I was I liked drama. Well, I ask that because you know some schools got rid of their music programs, arts and shit like that. So they did have it. You just gravitated towards the theater. So uh, and trumpet, God, a lot of those guys are in the marching bands. I heard they're kind of hard because the little mouthpiece and walking, <laughs> you know. I heard the bone in the baritone were the because they got big ass mouthpieces. Uh huh. Little, well, I'm a little guy, so little. They're a little easier. Well, it was the balancing on the lip. Yeah. So, uh, because you know, people see those valves, but they don't know that a lot of the notes they got to come off the lip. That's right. Yeah, like a bugle don't have any valves. That's right. Right, right. People don't understand the skills required on that. It's not just you know coming up with the air. Uh, what was the first record that you bought for yourself, John? Uh, it was uh, Walt Disney's uh, Spooky Sounds of the Haunted House. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Party record. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what was the first gig you went to? Oh, wow. Chuck Berry. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Was he playing with a local band? Berry. He it was a pickup band, but I was so young. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I certainly didn't understand that. Yeah, yeah. But it was, uh, it was like a, um, it was in Fort Worth, which is is like you know the sister city of Dallas, and and it was, um, it was at a uh, sort of uh, grandstand kind of situation. I don't, don't remember much else. I was pretty young, seven or so. Do you? 
you're probably aware a couple hundred miles north, I-35 gets E and W again at the other mm-hmm. Twin Cities. Yeah. Ain't that That's a trip? Yeah. Ain't that a trip? That's what you learned yeah. by touring. Yeah, gotta be Masonic. Gotta be Masonic. Gotta be Masonic. What's what's the pad there in uh, Dallas? Dealey Plaza. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if you ever read the uh, Illuminatus trilogy, but the uh, the the Dealey Lama. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I remember taking Joe Biza there. And, uh, I lived uh, I lived right by Dealey Plaza, like until I moved uh, until I moved here. Actually, my studio, which I still own, is still there, just just maybe a mile away from Dealey Plaza. I remember taking Joe Biza Black Gang tour in the late '90s, and he, everything looked so small because everybody's seen it so many times with film, and then when they see the really the real dealio, yeah, it's a trip. Uh-huh. So, um, what about the well, all that shit in the pad that you're growing up around? And you're not like told to get away from what? What, what one did you gravitate to uh, first? What what instrument? Yeah, the music stuff. Well, like I said, when I was young, I, I kept bugging my parents for a drum kit, um, but they would. I just you know I don't know. You'd have to ask them why they didn't buy me one. Probably oh, just too much noise. I understand they did. They, they steered you away. But did you gravitate towards other stuff? In the meantime. Yeah, yeah, gu- guitar, gu- you know, like th- that's it, also another thing slightly is like around the same time as when my parents got divorced, I, I somehow connected with Jimi Hendrix. Uh, my dad was always playing Jimi Hendrix, but it was sort of like around the age of 10 or 11 that finally I just like it. it I actually heard it somehow, like I really connected with it and um, really got into the guitar uh, now, now, just did, through did him. Did you do lessons? Not really, man. I didn't have any desire to be any good. I just wanted to write songs. Oh, so you start, So you learned by like copying records, but you got into composing early. Yeah, that's what I cared about. Really, okay. it was more of just like a vehicle for like uh, to communicate something. You know? What yeah, I mean? like the the way uh, you use a pencil. Exactly. <laughs> 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 you just wanted. Yeah, it's a means to an end. Uh, yeah. What about the thing, like after school with the bedroom or the basement or garage band? Yeah, man. I mean, I, 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 uh, I, I got, I started a band pretty quickly. Um, like you know, thirteen, fourteen years old, even really before me or my friends could really play. Um, it was, you know, like it was just about, it was just about making something. It wasn't about being any good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, you know, I. Like I was, uh, you know, this is a pre-Nirvana, uh, that sort of thing. So like, you know, starting a garage band wasn't really particularly hip or anything, you know. So I, I, it was actually hard to find people that were interested in doing it. Were the guys at school? Yeah, yeah. It just, like it was, you know, I mean, you well, can sometimes totally Sometimes it's neighbors, it. sometimes it's brothers and sisters, you know, I, I'm just curious. Right, and I did play with my sister. My sister was older than me. She turned me on to punk rock and everything. She she was uh, uh, six years older than me, and that was the first person I played with was my and, sister. Well, she played what drums. She played. She, she was allowed. She was allowed to play drums. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was already out of the house, kind of. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. <laughs> so she, so she started playing drums. This is like right when the Riot Girl thing started happening, and she was really turned on by that. So she started a band immediately, and to- she was Toby. a drummer. Toby Vale. 
That's right. I know Toby really well. She, uh, my band, I was on uh, my band, The Paper Chase, was on Kill Rock Stars for like ten yeah. years. So I know Toby. But Toby's a drummer lady too. You know. I yeah. Your favorite drummer is Kenny Jones. Yeah. And I like Kenny Jones and Faces, Small Faces, but maybe yeah. not with the. <laughs> I don't know. Pete liked him. Pete's got him on his solo records. He's a good uh, musician. You know. Yeah. That was a great band, Faces. But uh, yeah. her, her band, too, right? Uh, bikini, oh, yeah, they, they'd start doing gigs again. So did you and your sister, did you make a band, uh, kind of made a band with her before the guys at school? A little bit, yeah. There was It was like her and a couple uh, pals I had from school. None of us really could play very well, you know. We just... Um, but, you know, there was a lot of ambition. Yeah, but I never remember asking you that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, when anybody starts, unless you're motherfucking, you know, lucky, 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 right? Like skateboard, right? You fall down a little bit at first unless you're right. fucking blessed. <laughs> Just start wailing on it. So, mm-hmm. oh, man, me, me and Dee Bloom, we didn't even know you fucking supposed to tune with each other. Yeah. We thought you if you played down on the corner... And it sounded right, you know, that Creedence Clearwater revival song. Uh-huh. Yeah, we thought you were in tune. We didn't know that your dad on the corner had to be the other guy. You know, we uh-huh. thought some people like tight strings, some people like them loose. Right. <laughs> yeah, we were totally idiots. You, I can imagine you guys, that. You guys, did you guys, like, learn completely together? Yeah, yeah. There was a guy, Roy Mendez Lopez, who lived in his car and showed us stuff. Oh, yeah. That stuff, where we're, you know, we're together in the bedroom and trying to figure it out you know yeah we were total stumble bumps man <laughs> totally so, so cool though. so i i, I can i can relate to anybody who does this and this is why i always ask these questions uh-huh. you know, because uh yeah everybody's got a different journey but it's a little bit similar you got to start from something yeah it's like i said you're totally blessed and just start waiting <laughs> like a mozart prodigy boy or something uh look i want to play here uh Doom or Destiny with some Blondie. I got to play with Clem Burke. I'll tell you about it. Clear as a
This one's called Trash Making Trash for Trash. It's just entertainment. It is an ode to Jupiter Entertainment Industries and Affiliates. to the grill of the white equipment truck. A pig jerking off blood on a piece of plywood. APD getting hacked into oblivion. There can't be two Steves on this shoot. No, not two, just one. Okay, I wanna be Busby. Why? Because Busby is cool, man. Yeah. Anyway, John Cusack is going to kill that woman for 400 bucks. So drag in the blood-stained mattress. in the blood-stained mattress. Toss out your soul with a freeze-framed John Hancock. Cherish the selfie required of the contract. Toss out your soul with a freeze-framed John Hancock. Yeah, cherish that selfie that is required of the contract. Yeah, remove the shine. Digest the makeup. Asphyxiation caused the breakup. Yeah, a broken heart and a clogged toilet. How many flannel shirts can one strangler try on before it's the right fit? That's what they wear in these shows. These, I don't know why they chose the flannel shirt, but it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> looks cool. I'm going to bring my fiance. Yeah, stabbing looks good on a resume. This place looks really fucking cool, man. Think I'll bring my fiance cuz it's trash making trash for trash. Trash making trash for trash. Trash making trash for trash. 
steam clean, staggering, dying on Jupiter, depict death till it's jaundiced, draw curtains on the sun, pinpoint the agony, spotlight and spare the accomplice. Yeah, steam clean, the staggering, dying on Jupiter. Depict death till it's jaundiced. Draw curtains on the sun. Pinpoint the agony. Spotlight and spare the accomplice. Cause it's just entertainment. Yeah, it's just entertainment. They pull it out their ass yeah it's just entertainment come on it's only entertainment trash making trash for trash Enough of this shit, I'll end up dead. Oh, L-M-A-O, the end of my tether. So much murder, it all blends together. he gets his hands chopped off playing heads or tails. Yeah, the next episode brought to you by Stupiter Entertainment will show Segovia getting his hands chopped off while he plays heads or tails. And when you get your fucking hands chopped off playing heads or tails, it sounds something like this. Oh, yeah. Hey! Ah, yeah! Segovia loses with grace and Paganini aplomb. You 
know which digit fetched the highest price at auction? Yep, the old thumb. Yeah, he loses with Grace and Paganini. Old plum. <laughs> you know what digit fetched the highest price at auction? That's right, kids, the old
at all, but nobody is there. And if they are, they give me the paratroop stare. I won't, I don't know where. Everywhere I go, I get the paratroop stare. show yeah we heard uh, uh blondie doing doomer destiny uh old man fuck you out of knoxville with trash making trash for trash uh that's uh steve giganti he used to be in Deerhoof, which is an incredible band uh oh yeah I, I think he was before john dietrich or maybe the current I, but john dietrich's another great guitar man uh, greg knows how to get the guys ed too and uh 
Yeah, much respect. I think Greg is living in Echo Park or Silver Lake. Yeah, he's he's in this area. I I saw him at a at a um, Korean New Year party of a friend of ours a few months ago, and he, okay. he yeah he's living in L.A. somewhere. He's incredible music man and drummer, and, you know. Oh yeah, composer, genuine weirdo too. Oh yeah, well. Yeah, like the old days of the movement where every you had individuals. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember Mark, Mark Riley at the BBC uh, Radio 6 thing say, calling uh, Taft Falco a one-off. I said, dude, the whole fucking movement was one-offs. That's cool. And, and that's not a bad thing, I don't think. Then we heard uh, no, Conan O'Brien from, this is from Spain, uh, A.L. Gullian... Marco Serrato and Javier Camarona. Uh, Kay Solita, that's Kay from uh, Black Flag. She's got her own uh, little Kay Solita one-woman band. Uh, oh, yeah? This one's called Casey and Ecstasy. Yeah. she. You know, she learned Pro Tools, all this stuff to do a movie and television, Foley, ADR stuff. She she got, got some Emmys and uh, Oscar even. Wow. Uh, the Golden Reel, too, which is from the Piers. She says it's like hardcore. It's a bunch of guys. So she got to break her leg off in their ass, you know. But it, she, she's just intense that way. Uh, Captain Beefheart after that with a pair of choke stare, and finally Wild Beast, Big Cat. Now, now, now tell me about Wild Beast. Uh, they're a band. Uh, they broke up recently, but they're a oh. band from uh, from uh, Northern um, UK. Uh, and uh, just I produced that record, and and I just dig those guys a lot. I think it's called Scotland, right? <laughs> no, they're not from Scotland. They're from uh, they're from I, they're from the Manchester area. Oh, but so they're England. all London guys now. England, okay, because you know yeah. the United Kingdom is Scotland and England. So when you say sure. Northern UK, you say it's Scotland. <laughs> Maybe not for long though. They might leave. <laughs> That's true. Probably be in their best interest. Scott Scots it or whatever. They call it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, okay, Scots okay, it. they broke up. They're London guys. Yeah, that's the big music town. But, you know, nowadays you can make music anywhere. That's one good thing about the technology. It's For pretty, sure. It's pretty amazing because so, those rents in London, god damn. Yeah. Well, maybe like an Echo Park. <laughs> it wasn't bit, like yeah. that, though, but in the old days. Worse. It wasn't like that in the older days. So so, uh, so, tell me about uh, your first gig with these guys. Did you get to play a gig with your sister or was that just no. a prac? Yeah jamming oh you know i never i never played a gig with my sister that was always we just yeah, kept okay. that in the bedroom but what about the other with the, with the guys from school did you do a gig yeah for sure i was uh I, my first band was called curb job okay. and uh we played um we played like you know just uh the basic club routes and everything you know i was i was still like 16 years yeah, old yeah, so. but, but john tell me about your first gig with the curb job first gig uh, it was basically, it was an open mic night kind of situation. It was a Sunday night and, um, it was, uh, it was, we, we kind of like, uh, peopled the entire club. It was like in all ages. They let, they, they let all ages on Sundays. Uh, club is called galaxy club and they let us, it, we just got peopled the whole audience with people from our school. So the booker thought we were hot shit because people actually came and paid. So he a immediately Sunday gave us yeah, <laughs> he immediately gave us a uh, uh, a regular gig. So we thought we were—I mean, we we thought we were, you know, king of the world. After well, that. well, tell me about that gig though. Was it scary? 
Man, uh, I was just so excited to get to play at a real club. You know, uh-huh. I don't know if I, I don't know if I was scared. I, we, we, yeah, I was just excited. Did you blow a lot I, of clams? Like, you blow some clams. What'd you say? You blow some clams. <laughs> Definitely M- mistakes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Float some balloons. That's what I used to call them. You float some balloons. <laughs> I don't know why we said that. I well, the, the, the clams I think goes back to the jazz days. I sure. Because you had to pay for them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Jim Brown would go to catfish. You know, he'd point and hold up five fingers. You know. <laughs> yeah. But... Well, four fingers and a thumb. <laughs> okay so okay that, hey wait is that is that where that comes from you call it clams because of money i didn't call it that i mean it goes back wow. there's an infamous buddy rich tape you know oh sure right and he's talking about blowing clams like motherfuckers right so th- it goes way back but i know clams was an old word for money like bones sure. and you know lettuce <laughs> Shinola, whatever, all these Somalis. You watch some yeah. old movies, they got all kinds of words for So that's what I think it was. You had to, oh, you know, the competition, right? I, th- I was reading somewhere in 1939, there was like 30,000 swing bands touring the country. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck. That's and crazy. Competition was like, yeah, and you know, you didn't have big PA, so you had to carry a lot of horns with you, you know, so the yeah. just the dancing wouldn't drown you out. So how did how long did Curb uh, Curb Job record? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I recorded us, you know, on my four track. I was already getting into recording at yeah, that. Yeah, tell me about that. How how that happen? Well, uh, I was pretty just turned on by recording. I like like I I loved playing music, but I I always I never like harbored like a some sort of delusion that I would do it for a living or something like that. Even though that's kind of what I do now, I just never that was never like my goal. Yeah, uh, I just loved playing music and particularly liked playing music that a lot of people didn't seem to like. Yeah, um, you know. Um, but then it, you but, wanted to but, get into you wanted to get into capturing it. Yeah, yeah. I just really that really turned me on whenever I start. Yeah, like this is you know this is back before Pro Tools and in the digital revolution. You know, so like the idea of getting to hear your music played back to you was still pretty far out. Also the. I'm assuming it was a cassette for a track. The sound on sound idea. Right. Pretty amazing. Right. I remember when I first, yeah, I was like, wow, you could be Les Paul, Mary Ford, just pile it on. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So what yeah, was your first machine, John? Oh, God, I had so many, but it was probably, it was a Tascam. Okay. I don't remember what model number that was. I later got the three was a three eighty eight, which is uh, the the big the big Jamma. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> a track, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And in fact, um, I gave one to Petra Hayden, and I put yeah. the Who sell out on track eight, and I said, "You fill up, please, the other seven tracks," because she didn't grow up with rock and roll, right? Because her daddy Charlie Hayden. So she had never heard it. I said, "You just sing along." You do all the parts, all the drums and guitars and basses. And she made a fucking acapella version of this. And Pete Townsend heard it and loved it. Wow. And they made the album from that cassette tape. Oh, man. Really small heads on those things. Extremely. Yeah. But amazing, especially an 8-track. And and you had, like, channel strip, you know. It was pretty, yeah, I remember that machine. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. Walk Peter show up, May 16, 2020. Hold tight for hour two.
May 16, 2020. It's the second hour of the Lot from Pedro show. Words are in my head, but I can't enunciate them clearly. Headphones on your head, they prevent a chance to even try. Some might find me borderline attractive from afar. But afar is not where I can stay, and there you are. Though I want you.
Follow the power lines back from the road No one around so I take off my clothes Am I the only one in the only show start off the second hour with a little collab between Sparks and Franz Ferdinand, Johnny Delusional, then Thurston Moore with Leave Me Alone, uh, Bilch Pump Out of Leeds, that, that's kind of Midlands part of England, uh, The Passion of the Kid, and finally St. Vincent Rattlesnake. So, okay, you probably didn't have like recording school and that kind of stuff in high school, but what about after high school? 
Well, I, it's kind of a funny thing. I it, like, you know, I was I was already recording all my friends and whatnot whenever I was in high school. Right. And uh, I, um, you know, I graduated high school, but I didn't have a plan. My only plan was to keep playing music and recording my friends. And my dad kind of laid in on me. My dad was like definitely wanted me to substantiate his 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 actions <laughs> of like. Hey, I went into the straight world. You're going to have to go into the straight world too. So he kind of leaned on me. He was like, "You should go to college." Uh, can, but... can I? My pop, you know, he had no music experience, but he uh, did say to me something similar, like, "You're going to have to pull some regular duty, boy." <laughs> right. Right. So I remember the day the day I graduated uh, from high school. My dad took me to uh, dinner, and he's like, "Well, what are you going to do?" And I was like, "I don't know. I'm just going to keep." playing music and recording and he's like no no you, you gotta you gotta go to school you gotta go to school so he he leaned into me and it got to me so i um i went to school and he was like he was like you can go for anything you want so i was like well i'm just gonna i'm gonna go study music because my goal is to be able to communicate musically with anybody um like i want to be i can i can talk to a punker or i can talk to some classical person right so i go to school uh for music and uh you know first right week by- in there John, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right by Dallas is a music school in Denton. Yeah, UNT. That was the school I went to. Okay. Yeah, I got to play a gig there. I remember yeah. asking for set paper for set list. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, paper with scores for writing. The- <laughs> yeah. Where'd you play? One of their little halls, you know, uh, uh-huh. some kind of, you know, with curtains, big curtains. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, on campus. Yeah. And uh, they told me it's a music school, and okay, so that's where you went. Great, I've yeah. heard lots of good things about that school. It's a good school, man. A lot of a lot of good people. I, I dropped out, <laughs> but but uh, the uh, so anyways, my the reason of the story was first week I'm there, I I uh, stumble into the the recording uh, recording studio they have there, and uh, meet up with one of the teachers, and he could tell I knew my way around it, and through that I just got a job there. So then I just started recording people at the school. So um, my dad tried to get me away from it, and I just got deeper <laughs> into it. <laughs> it's sort of like manure. You're like, you want a good crop? So you use a lot of manure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pop is hilarious. Well, you know, he had a personal experience, but, you know, everybody, I mean, even in the back of his mind, he knows you have to be your own man, you know. Yeah, I, I want to play something here, uh, Paralyzer from Sons.
Sunday I can say this song is not called Heroin. This is dedicated to Miriam. Miriam Methadine. <laughs>
Christie's Lounge to 
Double Solitaire's the only game in town. You know she planted a bomb in my pocket. Turned on the ignition and the damn thing went off. Standing on the ledge of the bridge, staring down into the water's edge. I thought about you as the water rolled away, but I don't know why I feel this way. Don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why I feel this way. Oh, 
show yeah the sons out of montreal with paralyzer uh peter lochner not too far away cleveland uh and fetterman late great peter lochner mm-hmm. um happy birthday to me by john m from megadot out of trieste jim joyce uh taught english at berlitz language school there paul jacobs holy holy blank tapes right on and we all die young, the December's. Remember I was talking about Petra Hayden? She, yeah, yeah, of course. She sh- she served a shift with the December's. That's right. Right. And, uh, lately she's been doing a lot of Bill Frizzell. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, incredible guitar man. And, uh, uh, so, okay, your pop story. Yeah, he's trying to get you out of this thing. You leave school, you leave that music school in Denton. And then, then what do you do? Oh, uh, you know where I, you know what I do? This is actually, you, you would know this guy. At that point, I went to Chicago because I was just obsessed with all the Chicago music yeah. and got, um, started working, uh, made friends with Steve Albini, who yeah. you know, I'm sure. Electrical Audio, uh, Stu just recorded. That's right. The weirdness. weirdness. Yeah. And I was on bass. Yeah. What year was that? I think it's 2006. Okay. Yeah. This was like. 10 years before that um yeah so i made friends with steve and and uh got associated with his situation over there and he really he really kind of substantiated me and got me off to the races he put a lot of faith in me did you work in electrical uh, audio yeah and i still do from time to time i love that place you know bob weston very well he was a volcano son that's right <laughs> good guy. He was also he he uh he he still does he still play with Mission of Burma? Yeah, sometimes? right. He took over the the fourth guy. Yeah, 
Nice. I think they finally stopped doing Mission to Burma shows. They might have, yeah. Yeah, Peter yeah. told me he went on about 10 years too long. I, I had <laughs> both Peter and Roger on the show, separately. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Peter's cool. in Rhode Island now. But both have you had guys, Bob or Steve on the show? I haven't. I oh, haven't. should. Man, I would love both those guys. And also, oh, yeah. they've got a great band together, Shellac. That's right. With, Tremendous band. With Todd. So so tell yeah. me about tell me about this. You're working for him in Chicago, right? Well, I mean, you know, like it was very informal, uh, but it really he. I mean, he just, you know, you know, you had just there's a handful of people in your life that kind of like make you feel like you can really do something. Sure. He just ma- he made me feel like I could do it, and I like I was there, and I it, I was like, oh, I could actually do this for a living. This is you know, this isn't a crazy idea. And, Which is uh, funny and because, he, um, it's funny because. The reputation, oh, he's a grumpy man, but he's actually pretty positive and inspiring. Cat, I 100% agree. I think he's, uh, I think he's just very direct with people, and some people can't appreciate that. I'm somebody who can appreciate that. that. Less layers of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of the Texan in me, but I, I um, and you know, I, I always just prefer people to be straight with me. Okay. What's it say on the Missouri license plate? Show me. Yeah, show me state. <laughs> yeah, show me. Mm. Show me. Don't, 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 don't try to talk your way out of it. Show me. Okay, so about how long were you with Steve? I know, I know oh, you went back there. I was, in, I was in Chicago for about half a year, and then um, what Steve did is he wrote, he wrote a letter for me uh, and got me a job at the biggest studio in uh, – and basically the Southwest in, in Texas, this place called The Lab is like a five-room studio facility. And so I go back to Texas where uh, I have sort of a support system and it isn't so fucking cold. And uh, <laughs> but, I mean, the, the winter blew my fucking mind there. I yeah, mean, but uh, John, the summers ain't too kind either. <laughs> no, they're not. Sweaty motherfuckers, but Texas got yeah. that too. <laughs> Yeah, but I I don't know something about Texas I can handle. Yeah, yeah. the winter <laughs> so, uh, the winter in Chi Town off the lake that wind. Yeah. So 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 yeah, I go back to Texas and uh, became like an engineer, a staff engineer at this place called the Labs, like a fa- five room facility, and just kind of you know I was off to the races. Wow. So thank you, Steve Albini. Yeah, still I, I I try to remind him all the time how much I uh, appreciate it. That that letter, right? And also getting to serve with him. Yeah, man. He's the best. Yeah, yeah. Was he wearing the overalls then? Oh, you bet. <laughs> did you wear them? I did, yeah, I did. You know, you know, Ig really liked that. Ig thought it was symbolic of like, you know what? We're here not to fuck around. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's work. He this, really, is, this is work time. Yeah, he really, really appreciated that. You know, I remember him telling me, uh, uh, bitching he thought that was. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> People it's were like, talking you know, about a boiler. Yeah, it's like, a boiler suit is like kind of a one piecer. Right, right. You would see a guy. You would see a guy in a garage wearing one that fixing cars. Exactly. It's sort of like uh, I've heard about how like Nick Cave or Paul McCartney they they you know they put on a suit and they go to work whenever they go to write songs or whatever. And there's something about that that I really like. It's like this is work time. Focus. Yeah. We're at the end of the second hour. May 16, 2020. Hold tight for hour three. May 16, 2020. It's the third hour. What? Pedro show. 
sunshine in the rainfall in a stone road in the wind call
Scott for Pedro Show. Uh, start off the third hour, 17, from Sharon Von Etten. Uh, you know what? I think she knows that Kurt Vile guy, Thurston. Oh, yeah, sure. Invited, or invited, introduced me to. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sometimes my memory is so bad, John. I'm sorry. Uh, That's all right. Crane and Veronica with uh, After the Curtain Falls, Living More, Wondering, Atlantis Aquarius, Morning Star, and finally. Angel Olson, all mirrors. So, so what happened? Uh, how long did you serve at the lab? Uh, I was there for about two years, and then um, uh, I went freelance at that point, and then things got dicey for a while. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's good to tell people that, you know, because they think it's all like, you know what I mean? Right. Well, actually, weirdly enough, I mean, things kind of didn't really start to happen for me until I started to, like, get asked to produce records. You know, like I was I was recording people all the time, but um, like, you you know, nothing like nothing was really happening for me until people started to ask me to produce. And okay, John, uh, that's a good thing. Why why don't you uh, hit people to that? The difference between engineering and producing. Sure. Well, I mean, like engineering would be like, you know, strictly more of a technical uh, hands job. Hands on the knobs. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of in, in control of basically all of the electrical and technical um, things that go on to like making a recording happening. Um, whereas a producer is more involved in the music and the aesthetics and the, um, the overall presentation. The big picture. Yeah. Right. Right, and and sometimes the engineer is just too close to the knobs. Maybe he can't get the big picture because he's got to be, you know, focused. That's right. So yeah, because uh, I mean, you know, the old joke, right? How many producers does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know. What's the answer? You almost had it. I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) Exactly. You're paying this guy. You're paying this guy all this money to say, "What do you think?" No, he's got to think, right? He's got to have a vision in his mind or, or her. I mean, that's yeah. the whole idea of it. Otherwise, right. why not just go with the engineer, right? And totally. That's the way they yeah. call and that. Some people should. They call it uh, self-produce. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've told people that. If, if you're going to have a producer, let them produce. Yeah, man. Either that or self-produce, you know? It, it's like too many hands on the on the rudder. Yeah, that's usually the bigger problem nowadays is too too many too many people trying to do that. Right. And it's, you know, it's not as big as Hollywood or movies or TV, but it is a collaborative process. Of course. Yeah. That's the great thing about it. Yeah. So it's like a little symphony just to get the symphony recorded. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, but I don't think people appreciate it. I, I, I think they just think you hit the record button and then and everybody knows how the tunes are going to end up and all the sound and it's not it's kind of a you got to wrestle it right right yeah here i want to play uh i'm going to heaven by the paper chase this is my old band right Pushed and packed along their south 
on road They cluck the atrocity Their peaks are posturing at an old vampire A forest fire Any day the windy city's gonna blow it out for you I'll keep a horseshoe on my step I'll keep a cross around my neck Draping garlic over our beds All good luck and We'll drink to anything if it keeps the tires moving, keeps commuting smooth for you. Uh, and I'm trying a bloodbath with all
Lot from Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Uh, John's the f- first band, uh, the Paper Chase, doing I'm Going to Heaven. And then Zola Jesus, she was on the last uh, edition with Half-Life. Uh, Henry Kaiser's He's got a, a new piece. Great guitar man. Uh, lives up in Santa Cruz, but spends a lot of time in South America skin diving. And he's got a piece uh, called Problems Are Only Opportunities in Work Clothes. Okay, that's the name of the album. The album's got one song, 50 minutes long. When you when your work speaks for itself, don't interrupt. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I'm splitting it up into five parts, and that was part one there. And uh, Yeah, Henry's tense. He, he made music for a Werner Herzog movie about South, uh, what's that called, Antarctica. Oh, yeah. Journey, yeah. What is it? Journeys to the End of the World or so, End of the like Earth, that. something like that? And then that's Henry there. Uh, A.B. Normal, Brother Philip, and the Big Bear with Achilles Last Groove. And finally, uh, I've heard of this band, Explosions in the Sky, the kind of instrumental. Yeah, Reminds man. me of uh, a little bit of the Godspeed Black Emperor guys out of Montreal. And, and, For uh, sure. Tangle Formations. Yeah, so, man. So, so where can people find you on the internet, John? Oh, I mean, I guess the easiest way to find me would be... Uh, is there a John go to my, Connerton website? There is not. I mean, uh, you Are can you find make me on one? Twitter. Are you going to make one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think nah, you should. You can, to me, it's like fanzine ethics, man. Nobody, no, no, no filter, no middleman. Right. Well, you can always find me on Twitter, at Congleton John. Okay, okay. You can do that. You can always reach out to me through my management. Well, I'll talk to anybody. Okay, but one day, one day you're going to want your own website, or even a free one from WordPress or some shit. <laughs> okay. Next plans. Me? <laughs> you're the one I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are my next plans? You're my next plans guest. Are... I'm just the host with the most posts. That's right. Uh, <laughs> my next plans are to get through this pandemic, man. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, of get back into the a room and make music with other people instead of by myself. But um, I'm having a right time making music long distance with people, you know, doing what I can. Working on a record right now with uh, Regina Spector, long distance, and she's wonderful. You know, um, I've been doing yeah. this project with Tom Herman, Perubu. Yeah. And really trippy way of composing. He sends me, mm-hmm. he makes a drum track. Why, sh- why can't the drums come first? <laughs> Of course they can, man. I know. Look at hip hop. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. They do that a lot, right, right. But it's, yeah. usually the bass is the last thing, right? And it's really neat to start with a, ri- a real rhythm track. It's interesting yeah. for me. So, uh, uh, yeah, bad situations come out, you know, especially with the health and everything. But it, it lends itself to maybe situations that are a little different. So maybe uh, that's different right. approaches. Like, t- tell me how you're doing this. Uh, uh, remote uh, record? Uh, well, I'm doing a few different records that way right now, but uh, usually, uh, well, a few different ways it's happening with a few different artists right now. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll just send me the chords and the melody of what they're thinking, and I'll just build a track around it, send it back to them, and they'll say, I like this, I like, I don't like that, and so then I'll rework it and send it back to them. And then we just kind of collaborate that way. And then there's some things where people are like kind of producing it halfway, you know, like they're, you know, people can record a lot of things these days. So then they produce it sort of 50% and then they send it to me and I help them finish it up. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been great. I really don't mind it. And I've been writing a lot with people too. Um, I've also been uh, working talking, on you're a talking, record. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, you're talking collab, the collaboration. That's right. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, interesting. Um, interesting. I've also been working on this great, great idea, this great uh, project with uh, this this guy Jamie Stewart from the band Shushu. Yeah, another LA guy. Yeah, uh, real genuine weirdo. Um, <laughs> and that's um, that's been super fun. I think Devin Hoff played bass for him for a tour. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Devin's a good guy, man. Yeah, um, he Devin, said that Devin that guy made with, him. Uh, he, he made him insane. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, he, he's a very intense guy. Yeah. Devin's playing with Sharon Von Etten now, actually. Is that Shane. right? Oh, man, he's great. I, I got a project coming out where it was just Joe Berardi on drums, Devin on one of these Ampeg baby basses, and mm-hmm. I played bass guitar. And, yeah, I called the Emma Goldman Bust Out Brigade. It's coming out this summer on Nomad Eel. And, yeah, I lo- you know, I met him through Nels Klein. He was uh, Nels oh, Klein's really? singer's bass player with uh, Scott Adam oh, wow. on drums. Yeah. Small world, Excellent. John. <laughs> Indeed. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just a few of us doing this shit. <laughs> but that's interesting that uh, you you doing this. So it, it's it's not totally like you know sit on your hands. It's just a no, different no, way no. of working. I got to I got to make stuff. Otherwise, I go crazy. Right. I'm sure you're saying. What, what about somebody younger, just getting into this? Would you have any advice? Asked for advice? What would you tell them, John? Well, if they're really going to be successful, they won't listen to anyone's advice. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're just gonna. <laughs> They're just gonna do it the way they want to do it, and that's pretty cool. Uh, my my uh, my my advice is real simple: just don't quit. You know, just keep doing it. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, man. Okay. I mean, and if you re- if you really want to do it, then you're gonna do it no matter what. So yeah, yeah, the- yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, advice things shouldn't be a think micro detail, right? They should be kind of general because you're right. Macro. The dude's got to fit his own life to it, right? Yeah, just don't quit. That's it. You know, yeah. if you want to do it, you're, you just don't quit. And then one day you'll you'll realize you're dying, and you're like, oh, I, I did this all my whole life. Yeah, and my pop wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trip, you know. But uh, you know, you put the rubber to the road. It's a big honor to have you on the show, John. Thank you so oh, much. Oh man, it's, honor's all mine. You know, well, right I'd back love at to, you. Uh, I'd love to do something with you someday, man. Well, we got to do the Watford Pedro show, so that's a start. That's a start. <laughs> okay. People, it's been a May 16, 2020 edition Watford Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.